0: Hi, my name is Kevin. Welcome to our weekly Maison Mission program. This is episode number 21. Maison Mission is an inclusive faith community. The word Maison comes from a Greek word that means greater. The Maison Mission is about finding greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. You can find out more about Maison Mission by visiting MaisonMission.com or through the links in the description of this program.
1: Good morning and welcome to Maison Mission. We are in the middle of a series called The Other Side and we are taking some time to look at the kingdom of God, sometimes called the kingdom of heaven, on the other side of the resurrection. In the very first week, just a few weeks ago, we looked into Acts chapter 1 and in verse 3 we find these words, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. I love it. It says that he spoke about the kingdom of God. That's what he did when he was doing earthly ministry before his death and resurrection. And it is what he is doing on the other side of conquering death. And we talked about how the kingdom is now, and it's also not yet fully realized. He started it, but it has not swallowed up evil and injustice uh, worldwide just yet. All right, so keep that in the back of your mind. And As we get into today, I want to take you back to the mid-90s. And I know that some of you are are too young. You you didn't even exist in the mid-90s, right? But many of us did and if you were alive then you were listening to nirvana you were wearing flannel shirts uh, baggy carpenter jeans were the thing and as you were wearing those clothes if you had car keys as a teenager on the weekend you were probably heading to a Blockbuster Video store. That's right. You remember it. Blockbuster Video. That's where you would go to rent your movies. And when they first came out, they were renting VHS tapes that would go into a VCR, right? And if you really think back, you could actually rent the VCR at first because everybody didn't have a VCR in their home and so your parents would go to the Blockbuster and they would come back with this giant box. They would hook it up to the TV and magically you could put this giant tape looking thing in it and watch movies at home. Well, it progressed from those tapes to DVDs and video games and this was just a reality of our high school experience. And you also remember the late fees, right? That, that DVD that would slip between the couch cushions or that video game uh, that you just kept playing and playing. And you had rented it for a few bucks, but before you knew it, you owed them like $45 in late fees and you couldn't rent any more, more movies or games or anything from them until you had paid off uh, your late fees. It was the place to be. At their peak, they had 84,000 employees at 9,000 locations. And in 1994, they sold to Viacom for 8.4 billion, that is billion with a B, dollars. And that is a ton of money. So what happened? Where is Blockbuster today? Because they seemed destined for takeover. They, they were just a staple of our economy. They, they were a staple for servicing entertainment but where are they now well around the turn of the century uh, many things began to change internet was becoming faster Uh, we had access to higher speeds dsl we were no longer just using our phone line to dial into the internet and so all of a sudden you could download music and movies anybody remember napster Anybody remember getting a letter from the federal government saying stop downloading movies and music via Napster or we are going to prosecute you? I actually had a friend who got one of those letters and he stopped that very day. At the same time, Redbox, uh, a vending machine of sorts for DVDs began to pop up everywhere and at many, many McDonald's all over the country. So as you went to get your Big Mac, you could also get your video for the night and you didn't need Blockbuster. One of the most impactful decisions that that really sealed Blockbuster's fate happened in the year 2000. Uh, They had an opportunity to purchase a small, struggling company called Netflix for $55 million, okay? So Netflix was new. It wasn't doing particularly well. They had had losses uh, of like $50 million the year before. And the CEO of Blockbuster just flatly turned them down. His name is John Antioco. And he is on record as saying, Netflix's business plan for making movies available for online streaming and on-demand is a small niche business, and that there is no real future for on-demand movies. Hmm. A few years later, a different CEO is on record as saying, neither Redbox nor netflix are even on the radar screen in terms of competition said blockbuster ceo jim keys speaking to the motley fool in 2008 it's more walmart and apple right and i'm sure he saw blockbuster as the apple there well two years later Blockbuster filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy and was completely done under. They were gone by 2014, except for one random independent store somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. We have the benefit of hindsight. Netflix is now worth an astonishing $150 billion, and that was a couple of years ago. But Blockbuster was just stuck in its ways, and it couldn't catch a fresh vision for the future. It's an unbelievable example of things that are here today, but gone tomorrow. Now, I first heard that story uh, when Kevin preached a sermon about the kingdom of God a few years ago. And so I want to be fully upfront and honest with you. The bones of this sermon today are from a sermon that he preached uh, just a few years ago, and I ask his permission to kind of recycle it for us here today. So there's that, all right? If it's good today and it's impactful Kevin Brusher probably wrote it. All right. So what does Blockbuster have to do with us today? What does it have to do with the kingdom of God on this side of the resurrection? Well... Jesus gives us uh, a couple of images that I want us to dig into this morning uh, as we explore this idea of the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 44, Jesus ex- is explaining what the kingdom of heaven is like. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So I think as we begin to talk about the the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, we have to understand this. Everything that we think we understand about the, this world that we live in, uh, economy, relationships, family, church, government, all of it is backwards and upside down when placed against how the kingdom of God works because Jesus is on the scene and is doing something new. Now, we have to understand that in these parables, the, the treasure that was found in the field and the pearl. They are the kingdom of God. They they exemplify how awesome God is, how good and beautiful his way of doing things is. It's It's the greatest treasure. It's the biggest pearl. And the interesting thing in both of these stories is that the man recognized the great value of the treasure and in the pearl And it stopped them in their tracks. It it changed absolutely everything. Because the things that they had accumulated in their own life, they changed value when placed against the things that they saw. They realized that they had to do whatever it took to get the treasure and the pearl. The, The old stuff no longer mattered because they paled in comparison to what could be gained. Now, it's kind of crazy that we're talking about these parables today because like a week and a half ago, I was just mindlessly probably scrolling Facebook and I came across this story of a fisherman in the Philippines, and this is a true story. This isn't like a pastor story, and I'm going to flip it on you at the end. This, this actually happened. Uh, he was a fisherman, and he was out fishing one day, and his line got caught uh, on something uh, at the bottom of the ocean floor. And he was, flash, he was fishing kind of in the shallows, so he jumped overboard. He swam down to unhook his line or his net so that he could continue fishing. And when he got down there, he realized that it was hung up on what appeared to be kind of a shiny uh, white rock that was perfectly formed like the inside of a giant clamshell. And so he thought this is interesting. And so he unhooked his line from it and then he grabbed it and swam back up to his boat, put it in his boat, finished fishing for the day, and then went home. And guess what he did? He put that thing under his bed, where it stayed for 10 years. And he was eventually going to move. And so he gave it to a relative for safekeeping. And she realized what this man had. It was the largest single pearl that has ever been found in the history of mankind and they estimate that it's worth over a hundred million dollars. All right. So imagine if you will, that you vacationed in the Philippines and while you were there, you decided that you just love this place so much that you wanted to buy a little vacation spot. You realized that this guy's house was for sale and it was going to be sold with all the contents inside. And just imagine that he had not removed that pearl. And as you were looking through the house, you caught a glimpse of it under his bed. And you knew what it was. You may not know exactly how much it was worth, but you knew it was worth tens of millions of dollars. So this house is for sale, but it costs $2 million. And you're thinking, maybe everything I have and then everything that maybe my family has, my my siblings, my parents is is worth two million dollars. What would you do? I think there 's a good chance that you would come up with the two million dollars right because you know that the payoff is so much more than that, and that 's what 's going on in these parables that the The men that find the treasure in the pearl realize that what they have found is of such great worth that it's a no-brainer. <laughs> they, they give up uh, everything that they have in order uh, to, to acquire it. Now, Matthew, uh, the, the gospel of Matthew in chapter 6, beginning of verse 19, we find these words. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And the question today is, where is your treasure? Where is your treasure? The things that you value the most. And the reality is, the your treasures are what you most desire. It's not what you do, and Kevin said this in his original sermon, your desires are not what you do, they are who you are. Because desires are your treasure. What are your treasures? I think common ones are wealth, success, power, position, stability, And here's the thing we hear words like that and we think well those those are bad those are those are bad treasures well no i desire a certain amount of wealth uh, success power position stability but what are my plans once i get those things they're they're not inherently good or bad they just are a reality for many of us and if you're like oh yeah well those are bad well Maybe your treasure seems a little more noble. Maybe it's family. Maybe your treasure is your spouse or your children. Maybe your treasure is your work, a hobby. Maybe it's even a nonprofit local organization. That's that's your treasure. Because it is the thing that you love most. And, and the thing that's really hard about these parables is that. We're being told that in order to acquire the kingdom of God, to be a full participant in the kingdom that Jesus came to establish, all of our desires must be sold off. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. And we have to remember that the men in the parables were compelled To sell off their stuff because they could see that the treasure and the pearl were worth everything that they had and to be clear god did not manipulate them he didn't force them to pursue these things in these stories because god never forces himself on us there's a passage in the old testament it's it's from the book of songs uh, in psalm 37 chapter 4. it says take delight in the lord And he will give you the desires of your heart. And it's almost like the Old Testament writer was foreshadowing all of this. We find joy in the ways of God, and he gives us the desires of our heart. How does that work? Well, we sell out. We push all of our chips in on this kingdom of God way of life. And our heart begins to beat more and more in time with God's heart. And He begins, get this, to transform all of the treasures that we handed over as we take delight in Him. As we find our delight in Him his kingdom, his ways, his teachings that are so backwards and upside down from the way the world tells us we have to live and behave and live and breathe and have our being in the world if we wanna be a success. As I was reading this, my mind just went back to uh, Luke chapter four. Jesus had been in a town doing ministry and he had healed many people And we're told in verse 42 of Luke chapter 4, it says at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. What is the good news of the kingdom of God? Well, it it is a lot of things, but around here, we like to say that the good news is that Jesus was proclaiming that God is rampantly available to everyone, everywhere, no matter what. And this is the crazy, mind-blowing reality of all of this. The kingdom of God just keeps breaking out in the world. As we read the New Testament, we we come to know that the early believers were occupied by the Roman Empire. Uh, They were bloodthirsty, they they were power hungry. They were the blockbuster of the day, so to speak. It looked like they were poised to rule uh, the world. Uh, They were poised to achieve world domination. And we look back and we see that it collapsed. And while Rome collapsed, the kingdom of God keeps expanding. And you and I are invited to be a part of proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God in the here and now as we walk in the ways of Jesus. And I think that there has been a narrative that has developed in the American church today that says that, That living this kingdom way of life is like a drag, or it's a a dirge, or it's a a difficult way of life. And if you're doing it right, then it really, really hurts really bad. When I go back and I read this parable that Jesus shares, we find that the man who found the field with the great treasure in it, he was not sad, but joyful. It says, in his joy, he went and sold everything he had to it. Here at Maison Mission, one of our greatest desires is to see people uh, pursue a way of living into the kingdom of God. To see us as a community of faith, embracing this way of living into the world. And if all goes according to plan, Kevin and I are gonna record a discussion about what this looks like. What does it look like as individuals? What does it look like as we move the mission uh, of Maison forward in the days, weeks, and months, even years ahead? And I look forward to that conversation, and it's really kind of part two of this sermon where we begin to flesh this out. Maison Mission, this is good news. Let's close this time together in prayer. Father, we, we thank you for these stories that are, that are so much more than just stories. They're reminders that it is a, a privilege and an honor to be invited into this kingdom of God, That you came to establish into a a way of living into the world that that looks very very different from how the world around us seems to live and so father as we uh, flesh this out uh, as a body of believers as a community of faith god would you be faithful to show up in our midst and and just continue this breaking out of your kingdom in, in gainesville the surrounding areas in our country and around the world we pray in the resurrected name of Jesus.
0: Amen. Just a few reminders before you go. Sunday Download is back today at 4 p.m. on Zoom. This is our weekly fellowship time where we talk together about life and go a little bit deeper into the things that we talked about in this program. If you're interested in joining us, let us know in the comments, message us, or send us an email at info House church and Maison meetup groups are starting up soon. These are great ways for you to stay connected and to live out the Maison Mission. If you're interested in hosting or leading a house church, or if you want to start a special interest meetup group, email us at infomaisonmission.com. We're ready to start moving the mission forward with you. Maison Mission is a non denominational church. These programs and conversations are only possible through the financial support and donations from people like you. If our program encouraged you today, consider supporting the Maison Mission with a one-time gift or on a recurring basis. You can give through MaisonMission.com and follow the link to give. You can also text the dollar amount to 84321 and follow the links to Maison Mission. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you all have a fantastic week.